0: Hello and welcome to This Way Up. In this series, I talk to a number of leading women in the creative industry, looking specifically at the good, the bad, and the ugly of their careers. I believe it's by sharing frank stories that we can collectively support each other and make the journey up a little less hard. This is a very special episode of This Way Up as it was recorded in the very sunny Cannes in France uh, in June this year and it was done for the Festival of Creativity and I got to interview the amazing Chelsea Grimes. This was such a great conversation because it was just so honest and genuine and just nothing was left unsaid. I felt super privileged to have uh, one hour with Chelsea because she is one hell of a busy lady. She's a singer, um, a songwriter. She's written songs for the likes of Dua Lipa and Kylie Minogue, just to name a few. But she's also a professional footballer, playing for Fulham FC Ladies, and a presenter for BBC Sport and Copper90. And she's currently covering the Women's World Cup. In fact, this is where our conversation starts, discussing just how proud we are of the Lionesses and um, although they just missed out on the spot in the final, they can be incredibly proud that their achievements will inspire a new generation of young girls to follow in their footsteps. But that's enough from me, let's get straight to our conversation with the super talented Chelsea Grimes. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming onto the show. No worries. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Um, as I explain, and what I always do with my podcast, is start from your humble beginning, because I would love to give a whole picture of your life. So, you grew up in Liverpool, is that right? I did, yeah. Um, I'm a Scouser through and through. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funny because usually when people meet me and I start speaking, they're like, oh, you're a Scouser, like, you've not got the fake eyelashes or the big hair, <laughs> but I, I promise you I am. Um, yeah, I started, I obviously grew up in Liverpool, um, I was an only child until 16 actually, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was like, you know, quite quite lonely, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I had to find find friends you yeah. know, everywhere I went to try and like keep myself occupied and stuff like that. Um, but it was an amazing it was amazing time when i was like five my dad actually passed away so that was when kind of i feel like i grew up a little bit quicker than some people Mm. like um that was like a a huge thing in in my life and and something that i constantly always go back to like i'm not really spiritual that much and i'm not um religious but you know sometimes now even in in my career like if if something's going a bit bad or I feel a bit weary, and I sometimes say a little prayer. Oh my! Nice. Like, yeah, and it just keeps me. I don't know. There's something about that that I'm not thankful for, obviously, but it's definitely like strengthened me and made me yeah. the person that I am today. And um, it was just me and my mum growing up, and and you know she she's like my best friend. Like yeah. we are best friends. And um, when I moved down to London at like twenty one, she was an emotional wreck. Yeah, that I was bet. really tough. That was really tough for her. So you yeah. feel
0: your dad is like overseeing you. Is that sort of. Like...
1: I do. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, massively. Honestly. Um, oh, and that's lovely. Yeah, I never really write that many songs about about mm. that because I, I I hate to be that person like you know X Factor's sob sort of story. So I never really <laughs> I never speak about it. But there was this one song I wrote. Um, I was in Copenhagen about three four years ago. And I always go in the studio and we try and write the biggest summer banger or something that's going to cross over to the States. And this one day, I just I was so miserable and it was cold and it was snowing, I think. And, I was, you know, you get put in a session with people that you don't know. And it's like, okay, you're going to go and work with this guy. Um, He's had this hit and this hit and this hit. So it's going to be perfect for you. So you go in, you're like, hello, I'm Chelsea. What's your name? Christian. Okay, nice to meet you. <laughs> so how long have you been in the studio for then? And it's a bit and uh, it's very strange to just I like bet. open up and he was like so what do you want to write today you know I was thinking about this and it was like 1 20 bpm and like <laughs> and I was like you know what I'm not, I'm not really feeling that today I just feel a bit like that he was like what's going on I was like I don't know like, I just, I've been thinking about my dad a lot lately and I was like I know I've only just met you but yeah, you only passed the Bible, but I feel like I want to write about that so we did, he was like no worries got an acoustic guitar out we ended up writing this song that we thought would go nowhere apart from Sit in my iTunes for a good eight years or something (laughs) And then we got a call Like a week later saying um, The biggest Asian act called Taeon. She's like Britney Spears Out there um, they want to use this song for a comeback single, and it's go- And it, it went on to sell like I think like six million or something. That's incredible. And it's so strange, yeah. Like, so that's one song that I might reuse actually because it's translated now oh, in right. um,
0: Korean, but I might, <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. But, so, do you find that actually being in touch with your emotions but also being frank about your emotions actually helped you a Yeah, the I think.
1: And sometimes I think is that because I'm a Scouser as well. I think, you know, you meet Scousers and they are just, they wear the heart on the sleeve. They are the way they are, love or hate <laughs> us. We're very direct, we're very blunt, we don't beat around the bush. And I think you've got, well, that's helped me definitely because yeah. I, don't, I don't care really what people think about me. I go in, everyone's got a story to tell, and I tell it and I'm true to myself. And, you know, if it, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, oh, well, at least I've wrote something that I've really wanted yeah. to write and not just followed
0: the trail. And... Tried to write, I don't know, a Beyonce record yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, um, I mean, that's completely right, and I'm all for people who are super honest, because it's like we only have one life, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, straight to the point. But I think that's that's really great. How you seem to me like you've got quite a bit of self confidence then. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I've not always been like this. To be honest, I was I was talking to a friend of mine this week about that, and I said this year I feel like I've really come into my own. Like. Um, yeah, like, I don't know what it was, it was just, like, I just feel like I've got a new whole energy going on nice. and, like, you know, I'm, I'm here at the World Cup, um, yeah. which is amazing for me to see, and I, a few of the Lionesses, I played with them at Liverpool and Everton, oh, so, amazing. Um, so, yeah, like, Alex Greenwood, Tony Duggan, Nikita Paris, and, um, so it's so good to see that, and I'm loving that. And then also, you know, I just got an email yesterday saying a song I wrote, um, Tom Walker featuring Zara Larson, that just got like B list on Radio 1. That's so anyway, crazy!
0: Congratulations! Yeah, thank you so much. It's like, and then,
1: yeah, we're ready to release my next single, and uh, we're just talking about the artwork now. And then it's just mental, but I just, I'm so happy, and I think, you know, it's not been an easy journey at all. It's not all been roses at all. Um, and I, I think, you know, there was nights when I just used to look at the ceiling and think, what am I doing? Mm, well, what I'd love to go
0: back to that because, I, you know, as I sort of mentioned, I want to give a, a sort of full picture of what it was yeah. like sort of living in Liverpool and having these big dreams. But I want to also give some context for people listening. that We are in Cannes. We are. And uh, you are here to cover the Women's World Cup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm also here with the BBC. Um I don't know how that's happened either. This TV <laughs> kind of world I've stepped into is like, it's a weird model. I don't think, um, no one's really done it before where you've maybe been a musician. I, you know, I'm Ooh. so early on. I've only released two songs already. Um, and then, yeah, just with the football thread, because I, st- I play for Fulham ladies now. Um, you know, people are like, well, that's never been done before. There's yeah. not been a musician who's a professional footballer as well. So <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah it's a strange world but I'm just you know I think for me I was a bit like oh I don't know if I want to do too much TV because people might think I'm a TV person but I'm actually a musician and I'm actually a footballer and it's this balancing act but you know my manager sat me down and was like listen the only reason people aren't doing that is maybe because they can't and they don't have they don't have all them things going on you've got it all why you're holding yourself back just get out there and and do what you love and
0: yeah it's Definitely, and I also think you don't have to fit into a box. It used to be that way, but I think more and more now, and we live in a world where you can be all these different things. Well, I'm trying to practice what I preach
1: because that is exactly what I say. I'm saying, you know, I'm not in a box and I'm not this, and that's how I want to be perceived as well because that's how I do feel inside, but then. Once you're out the box, I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> it's it's I'm alone and there's no one around me and no one's done this before. Yeah. Like.
0: What what am I doing? And how do you cope with that then? What's the little voices <laughs> that come in and what all do you the say? time?
1: It's like you know, one day I'll wake up and I'll absolutely love myself. I think this is amazing. Like the me makeups going on, well, my hair's going right. I'm <laughs> I'm feeling foxy. And then other days I'll wake up and I'll think I hate myself. Like. What am I doing? I shouldn't be doing this. I should be in the studio. Why am I doing TV? Or if I'm in the studio, I'll be like, oh, why isn't that song connecting? Shall I just go into TV world? Shall I just be a songwriter? Like, it's constant battles in my head, but, you know, you just take it as it comes every day. Yeah. You get through a day and you go into the next one. And, yet, yeah, I have the same emotions as anyone else you
0: know of course and i think that is a really good piece of advice and i think everyone talks about take it as it comes but actually it's the best way to do it because otherwise it's too much to digest right yeah
1: it's you know it's uh, i look at my schedule now and i think i don't have a day off until like december which is <laughs> which is quite scary but at the same time what keeps me going is that i remember you know being 16 17 in my bedroom in liverpool um in a box room, literally, I'd walk in and my bed would be there, and I used to, you know, play piano or have my guitar and look at the blank wall and imagine just people being there and imagine yourself on stage, That's and amazing. yeah, that keeps me going every time I even think about moaning or saying I'm tired mm. or, you know, thinking, um oh, I'm a bit over this, I just think there's some other 16, 17-year-old now in their bedroom mm. wanting to be where I am, and yet I can't get complacent Like I need to just keep it going Keep enjoying everything Because it's exactly what I wanted Yeah And uh, I'm a chaser You know With relationships In life I I actually had one therapy session Like a year ago Because I just Everyone seemed to be doing it And I was like Let me just, <laughs> let me just go and do it I was feeling I a bit that. lonely Yeah so I went And she was like It sounds like you're just never content Like you constantly And Chasing. people I date It's like Same thing Like I, I chase stuff And then once I get it It's a bit like Oh dear. it's, it's weird than now and it's the same in my career now I, I forget
0: how far I've come yeah. like this is why it's important to have these kind of interviews because you do need to realize yeah, it's so it's, important for your self confidence and it
1: is and it's you know it's it's a tough world you know what I mean it's yeah. not easy everyone's battling with something um you know they're just different in some ways but yeah my my battles definitely come from just feeling like I'm not where I want to be, but I need to look back. It's kind of like, I do think yeah. it's like, you know, fun And do that you bit.
0: ever get scared? Because you do, like, interview really tough people, <laughs> you're in front of the camera, you're doing, and you're on stage, yeah. um, and you're collaborating with some amazing people. Um, do you ever get some, like, times where you're just, like, lost for words or just shaky or...? Um, for me, personally, the only... The only time
1: I got like, it wasn't a shaky experience or it wasn't me being like starstruck but it was me achieving something that I'd always wanted and it was, growing up for me when I was 15, 16 was Lady Gaga when she came come out, I remember I went to see Pussycat Dolls, I had a massive girl crush on the corsets <laughs> yeah. and I went to see Pussycat Dolls and Lady Gaga opened open for them and she came come out with this like glow stick thing, a disco stick to her face and she was... A thunderbolts coming off her and obviously, like everyone was like, "Oh, she's just Madonna." But in my generation, I'd never seen that. No. And what she'd done for like the gay community, and she was just so herself and so different, and she'd do a dance break and then play an instrument. And I, I, would, I grew up on like Jennifer Lopez, Beyonce, like these. I'd never seen a pop star play an instrument before, mm-hmm. and I was like, what and I was obsessed with her. So every album I got, I'd go and read the credits, and I seen that the producer who was doing it, all. Mm-hmm. it was a producer called Red One who was a Swedish guy, Swedish-Moroccan, and I used to tweet him every single day oh, for about God. a year, saying one day I'm gonna work with you, one day I'm gonna work with you, one day I'm gonna work with you, and never got a reply back. Anyway, cause long story short, like two years ago, I was in LA and I got a call saying Red One wants to work oh with you. Oh my God,
0: what oh, was that like? Oh my God. Did I, you cry? Did yeah, you?
1: I did, I got a cry, I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm waiting for my Red One, and she was like, because ah, she knew I was yeah. at One." I walked in and he was like, hey, he was like, I've heard some of your songs, I think you're great. And he just had all the plaques on the wall, like Just Dance and Bad Romance, Poker Face. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I should not. I should be cool about this, but I used to tweet you every single day and tell you that I'd be working with you one day and I've done it. I said to this, for me, is just like, like anything I can say now could happen. Yeah. And it was just... And what did he say to that? He was just like well you've done it and he was like I wish I would have seen those tweets <laughs> um, you didn't see them That's no we never seen them we never seen them I think at that time he probably was getting 10,000 tweets right. an hour um, but yeah that for me was just a massive milestone I didn't even mm. care what we wrote to be honest <laughs> just for me to be in his presence and yeah. I know that he's done this same experience with Gaga and it was the reason that why I picked a pen up and like started writing songs and wanted to challenge pop music and you know just i don't know I, I used to listen to that album like the bible and like i never done any music i just taught myself and it'd be like i'd listen and when she changed melody to go into like the pre-chorus well how long did she do okay she done four lines then you change the melody there to go into your chorus oh what's that part oh now that's like a tag or a drop chorus so before i went into the studio i kind of knew what the phrases were and how to do it
0: but that's incredible and i think that's really i really want to sort of Talk more about that because that's a really important point. There's two things that strikes me: is one, you sort of like, I want to do this. How can I get this? And then you break it down. Is that what you do? Yeah, and then you teach yourself as well. I'm very,
1: um, I'm I'm not OCD, but but I'm very logical. I like. It's a bit strange. Like my girlfriend says all the time, she's like, "You're weird." But like, <laughs> I put my I clothes like, out like the night before. Right. Like, I need to know what time we're leaving. Right. I don't like change in the plan. Like, I'm very like yeah, regimented in yeah, yeah, yeah. everything, and I think that that definitely goes in to me songwriting. It's very regimented, and yeah, and it goes into you know me football. Like before I go out onto the pitch, I, I visualise okay if I'm one on one with the keeper, where am I going to go? I don't like to just do stuff off the cuff. I really mm. like
0: to. And do you think that helps you with your nerves in some ways? I wonder. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, like you do you like sort of digest it quite well in advance, so when you get to it, you're actually quite well prepared. Yeah, I'm not. No? I'm not one of those people at all. You can just well, I say that, but like
1: with this BBC thing, I'm here and I'm on TV every day, and I think you know it broke the record. The first game was like. million that's great viewers so So good good women's
0: football amazing great
1: and uh, yeah people were like you do know that you're going to be going on to tv 6 million people and i was like yeah you shouldn't have told me that but (laughs) yeah but i was just like fine with it i think i I told the producer i'm working with on the show i said for me personally i'm not nervous about this because it's not my bag if it was like okay you're going to go and sing now for six million people are you going to go and play football to 6 million people? People can judge me because that's what I'm known for. Right, I, I say I'm a footballer, I'm a, I'm a songwriter, I'm an artist. But I've never once said I'm a presenter and I do TV.
0: Yeah. So really, it's your fault if <laughs> you all go wrong. You know people <laughs> would say the other way around? You know that? They'd be like, because it's not your bag, you pay more attention. But no. I love that. It's your fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's your fault. You give me the job. You know, I'm not qualified for this. Yeah. Um, and you have smashed it. So well, I'm, enjoying yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, but it's also nice because, and I want to go back to Liverpool and, and, and growing up, um, because I think it's really important to sort of really show that, but just a little bit on the World Cup, I think it's really important to, you're coming at a very important time for women's football, and, um, and I'm just so glad that finally people are starting to see that it's important to put them on a pedestal, because they are incredible women. It's honestly unreal, you know, I've,
1: I play football from the age of nine. So like, what's that? Like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, good to words. I'm not really good with numbers. Um, but yeah and and it you know, to see I went to the opening game for, in the France game and it was forty five thousand people in yeah. the crowd and it was just I got so emotional, like because yeah, yeah. it was like this was never possible for me. Mm. I've, I've now actually got a younger sister, um she's ten and yeah like she's just started join. she's just oh joined the amazing. team and like i'm honestly just the whole family's behind her now because you can see that it's a potential career Yeah. so it's yeah it's amazing absolutely yeah. amazing but like overly deserved obviously completely um and i just hope it keeps it keeps growing at this at this number and hopefully the lionesses will win the world cup yeah and we can celebrate england winning a world cup yeah you know?
0: how good would it be uh, it be would be amazing, amazing. And actually, going back to you being a nine-year-old and going into football, because as you said, it wasn't a possibility, but what made you think, you know what, I'm going to stick to it? To be honest, um, the only reason I started playing football is because,
1: like I said, I had no brothers and sisters, and if I wanted to, like, play out, only in my street, there was only boys. Right. So there was, like... Next door neighbour, they have four boys, um, and she always desperately wanted a girl, um, so, like, I'd go and hang out in theirs, and she'd do me hair and stuff, and be like, oh, and, um, and then there was a little kid called Daniel Clough, who I used to walk home from school with. He was two years above me, and he did not, do you want to come out and play football? And I got really good quickly, and, you know, when they'd pick teams, I started off being like, oh, she's a girl, we won't pick her, until, like, I don't know, two, three months later, I'd be the first one they'd pick. Okay. So I was like, okay. Um, my granddad saw an article in the newspaper for the Ian Rush soccer school And I think the only reason he wanted me to go was because he was a massive fan of Ian Rush And Bye. he just wanted ah. an autograph or something <laughs> Anyway, I turned up and I was the only girl there And, you know, it was kind of the stars aligned Because that was where Liverpool women trained And someone saw me, it was like one of those stories They asked me to come for a trial I didn't even own a pair of football boots So I turned up the next day in my trainers and I remember just, like, walking onto the AstroTurf in, like, a mix max tracksuit or something, like, right. you know, odd socks or whatever. And I was just so not, like, with it. Um, and it was just a sea of young girls just all kicking a ball. And I was like, oh, I'd never seen that. No one in my school played. I was the only girl on the team. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I wanted. Awesome. And, I, yeah, I got in. Um, and I stayed at Liverpool for six years. I did go to Everton Centre of Excellence for a year where Fire Williams, who ended up captaining the England Lionesses yeah. in the last World Cup she's the most capped England player, men or women um, okay, well. she was there so you know, I, I learnt a lot from there. yeah, them.
0: great role models yeah,
1: and I went to Trammeer Centre of Excellence for one year where Izzy Christensen, who now plays for Lyon in England she was there um, yeah, and it's just so good to see the girls now for me personally, at 16 you know, from the age of 9 to 16, we got no money at all. Mm. And it, you'd look at the boys' team and they'd be getting a salary from, like, 15, 16. Yeah. And, you know, that's for me, crazy. everyone else then had to go and choose another job.
0: Mm. So can you paint me a picture in terms of what that was like? Did you feel, like, did you feel angry at any point? Or did you feel, do you know what, I found my community and that's the main thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I can never remember feeling angry. I've just enjoyed playing football so much and it was kind of, like, an amazing outlet by that nice. time. My mum had remarried, and it was just a bit of a like shit show to be honest. That whole relationship, so I just want to go out and play football. Escape, yeah, and it was my escape. Um, I didn't find music then, so that was me, you know, waking up on a Saturday, getting my kit on, going to see my friends, yeah, all working together as a team, hopefully coming off, winning, and then you go back and do it all again the next week. And it was just, it was amazing. Um, yeah, it was it was literally my escape growing up. That no, was that was like my thing.
0: That's really great, and I wish there are more women, younger women, doing that because actually it's been proven that a lot of younger women drop out yeah. of sport altogether, mainly because it's not really catered for young women, but also our bodies change, etc. And we just feel constantly rejected. do you see that there is a bit of a difference or
1: yeah on, on the body front I can't really talk I, I was like I never felt that way but what I did feel what I, the reason I dropped out was because of the money and, it, right. and we weren't catered to like it wasn't fair that mm. you know I'd look at another 16 year old boy who was exactly the same in the Liverpool team and I was in the Liverpool team and he's on a salary, and he could go and buy nice things. And I, my mum would be giving me like twenty pounds a week to like live yeah. on or something. And I didn't have a job. Um, and the hours are crazy. Is yeah, that the hours are long. Yeah, every day practically training, and you know you don't really have a life, and to be so to have to stick to that and be getting nothing back. Yeah. Apart from, like, maybe scoring a goal, which no one will ever see, apart from, like, your parents on the sideline. Mm. That's, like, it's not much for me. It didn't give me no, enough, enough fulfilment yeah. the older I got. um, And then I found music. And, yeah, within, what, a year, two years at 18... From playing football for so long, eight years, nothing. Mm. And I've done music for eighteen months, two years. I got like a hundred grand publishing deal, and I was like, "Well, I think I want to do this now." Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, I had it from no money. And I I wish, you know, I say all the time, if I was a boy, I'd probably not be a musician,
0: probably be a footballer now, and that would be fine by me, but unfortunately I'm not. It wasn't the case, but I'm really glad that you painted that picture, because people don't quite realise, one, how hard it is to be a footballer, a good footballer, full stop, but also not getting paid, and just that whole you know, knowing that all the boys are, you know, getting a much better treatment, everyone knows about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just my like
1: it's my pep, absolute pep, pee. It pisses pep. me right off when yeah, I see comments from like, you know, 45 middle-aged men who live in the outskirts of Great Britain or whatever, tweeting, oh, cook, or this is a man's game, and I think you are judging a situation, you have no idea what it's taken for these girls to be here, you don't know anyone's backstory, yeah. this could be the only thing that's kept them living half of the time, or, you know, you just don't know, and it's so, oh, it's just, yeah, it's mind-blowing to me, and I just think, you know what, why do we have to share oxygen with people
0: like, you? <laughs> <laughs> like I love that, why do we have like? And I completely agree, and I think... All of these women, I think that's a really good point. Have got so much resilience. Yeah. You know, they could, not only could they be footballers, but they could probably solve so many yeah. other problems on this. There, because if they managed to get to that yeah. point, it's just taken so much. Yeah. It's
1: I, I'm like in awe of everyone who's yeah. stuck at it. You know, um, and it's just amazing. Like I said, for me to see now the girls who maybe I've played with have stuck it out and they've stuck yeah. it out, and now this, like they're playing in front of thousands, the on TV. They're in the last round of the sixteen. They won the group last night. It's just amazing. I'm so proud of, like, even the ones I don't know, I'm just proud to know that they're our country, you know. Yeah,
0: and I really hope it's sort of here to stay now and someday they're going to be just we're just going to be equal yeah you know I mean be, I think we're a little bit off but yeah but, <laughs> just a little yeah, bit but problem, I, think, actually. Yeah. I do think it's, it's I do coming think it's yeah. coming yeah I'm, I'm quite positive as well about it but do you think that kind of from 9 to 16 trying to um, the football side of thing give you quite a lot of great grounding work to becoming you know to go into the world of music 100% like I constantly make so many like metaphors between the
1: two <laughs> like all the time even when I saw me record deal I was like I made a football analogy like I was like listen mate I was like you can go it's like football like imagine you're a Liverpool manager you could go you've got a hundred million you could go and sign a striker a midfielder or a defender or you can sign someone like me who writes me in songs and I'm kind of like a James Milner who plays everywhere so (laughs) it's cheaper and he was laughing he was like where did we find you but um, yeah for, for the ground and work it's definitely like teamwork one obviously um knowing I always say it but you cannot get yourself down in the music industry, like it's so easy to just give up, I know, yeah. you know, 99% of people do, it gets a bit tough, I don't want to do it, it's too much for me, people have breakdowns constantly, it's very difficult but I've played at games from the age of 9, 12, I remember the FA Cup final we had it in an under 14s team and we were 2-0 down at half time but then final whistle blew and we were winners. And it's like that for me constantly Even Liverpool winning the Champions League in 2005 I know people listening to this Will say stop going on about Liverpool In that Champions League But you know they were 3-0 down I remember being a kid Absolutely crying my eyes out In sadness at half time And then we end up getting Mm -hmm. three goals Going to penalties and we win it And crying with happiness There, So you just, it's that resilience
0: To know that yeah you might be down now But it's not the final whistle no, look at that football analogy. No, it's, it's true, actually. I always love football analogy for that, that reason. I think that's life in general. Yeah. You just don't actually know until you keep giving it 110%. Until the final whistle goes. Yeah. You've just got to keep going. Yeah, and so, so what made you go into music?
1: Just because it was the only other feeling that made me feel like scoring when I sco- scored the goal. interesting. It gave right. me that same feeling when I'd write a a good song or I'd you know make it a nice melody give me that same feeling um, yeah and I was rubbish at everything else to be honest <laughs> I mean that's pretty cool Like, oh, I'm, I'm just gonna be good at music no yeah I don't know I just enjoyed it um, I took it in GCSE just as like yeah. a little option because it was like history geography or music I took sports obviously yeah. and science I was maybe gonna go into physiotherapy or something like I that see. But, yeah, I took music just as, like, a little sit-off lesson, really. Right,
0: amazing. And, yeah,
1: I uh, I picked up piano really quick. I and mean, my music teacher, shout-out to Mr. Quinn. He used mm. to be, like, you've picked this up, like, so fast. Like, you should maybe start writing songs. Like, why don't you do a few open mics? Oh, that's and,
0: so nice.
1: Yeah, I started doing that around Liverpool, and more and more people started coming, and then, I like, get uh, bigger shows from, like, someone to be in a bar where I'd play, and he'd say, oh, my mate is the who does the tickets at the O2 Academy like ah. they're doing an event in three weeks they're looking for a slot what do you want to do and it was like that word of mouth and then I started playing more and more academy shows and bigger gigs in Liverpool and getting into that circuit and kids more kids started turning up and they'd bring their friend and then they'd start like dressing like me and oh some God. of my tattoos and my lyrics which I was like this song is probably never going to come out like don't do it but <laughs> they were just like we love the song like and I was like okay this is connecting yeah know, yeah
0: So what was it like to be on stage for the first time? I, like, wanted to die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: like I remember never wanting to do it ever again. Really? Because when you're on stage, it's the best feeling in the world and you want to do that part again. But waiting in the wings and you watch watching and then you see the crowd and maybe someone's just, like, looking so miserable and you're thinking, oh, God, that person's got a drink. Maybe that's coming my way. Oh like God. I don't know. It's just awful. And you think, and before you go on, you're forgetting the words because right. you're overthinking about everything else. And you're just like, oh, my God. I'm like, what's that first line? Everyone's like, <laughs> I'm, like, panicking. Yeah, that part I hate. Yeah. I hate, absolutely despise it. But when I'm on stage, it's just, yeah, it's the best. And what calms you down? down?
0: Do you have anything that...
1: No, I just talk to myself, I just say, you know,
0: this is what you've wanted, you can't bottle it now,
1: you've got it, yeah. you're about to go on.
0: But it's very important, I think people sort of underplay that, the ability to talk to yourself in such a way that sort of calms you down is extremely important.
1: Yeah, I find that um, when, when a lot of people are around me, I don't I don't... Do well with that at all. Like, my mum mm-hmm. knows like, not to come near me if I'm just told to go on because I'm so sure fused then because I'm so panicked. Right. If someone's asking me for stuff, like, child, where's this? I'm like, just stop I a mean, it, I can't. Like, yeah, I'm thinking about right. my words. I'm thinking, just give me like 20 minutes as soon as I get off, I'm all yours. Like, yeah. the second I walk off, I'm That's good, Interesting. But yeah, I hate, like, do you think you might be an introvert? Because you know, there's a. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, Like I said, like, stuff. About like even if I get on a bus or I get on a t- tube, I've always had this weird thing growing up as well. Like if my mum will go and shopping and she like forgets the bread and I, and she's packed all the stuff on, I let people go before us because I'm panicked that people are gonna like. I don't know. Yeah. It's something and my mum goes, oh why did you do that before? I was only getting the bread. I'm like, mum, you should have got it before. Like I I, I don't know. know. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah. very like pa- like about people.
1: Yeah, yeah, you need really to like
0: have your nice little nest. Yeah. It seems, and I think that's really important. The reason I say that is very uh, common for creative people, you know. And it might seem that you're an extrovert because yeah. I mean <laughs> you're on <tea>. TV, <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's true that sometimes you need to like recharge your batteries yeah. and help yourself. So for sure. yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about your creative process when it comes to um, writing songs?
1: Uh, I wish there was a. Yeah, I road for it But there's honestly not It depends, every single day is different Um, Usually, 75, 80% of the time I'll start with the title
0: Right, Um, interesting
1: So yeah, even like last night I was having a conversation here on the terrace With Natalie, um, who I've been working with And we were talking about boyfriends and breakups And she said, you know, the hardest day for me is a Sunday And I was like, I'm sorry, I need to write that song (laughs) and I, was, I do that a lot and people are like oh here she goes but like I talk <laughs> to people a lot album. and yeah I think that's a great record yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to write that like you know Monday, Tuesday they come and go and I'm fine I forget about you but on a Sunday when I, you see everyone
0: I in it London so in love
1: that's the hardest day of the week for me and it's so, and I was like I'm going to write that so usually it's from conversation I'll talk to people and they just spit something out like right. that and i write it down and then I get in the studio with whatever, whatever producer I'm with and maybe I'll you know, before it go with a few chords or a loose meat and potatoes of the chord is what I want to say but it won't rhyme and stuff and then yeah we just like maybe reference something I'll say I love the chord progression in that record maybe we pull that in or I love the drum sound in that record and we just go for it and we just that sounds so much fun yeah it's, yeah. it's amazing when it goes right and you sit there at the end of the day and you've both just been challenging each other and that's not good enough, and you wanna say, Well it is, or sometimes you're arguing, you're fighting over one lyric, which might not even be that important, but to us two creatives that's all record. Mm. We wanna push each other to the max. Um, it's so draining by the end of it, you sit there and you press space bar on the computer and you let it play and you just both look at each other and go cheers nice that's a good one or sometimes it'll be absolutely crap and then you, <laughs> you go over then you have to go and do it all again with someone else but um yeah that's what keeps me going because it's so different every day and you never know when the next big record's gonna come you know you never know mm. sometimes i don't even like the song that comes out but someone else does and that's fine too
0: yeah um, do you think you have to tap into the emotions that you feel? Like it's quite. I can imagine being, that being quite yeah. important. I'm super.
1: I'm such a romantic person and very. You know, I read a quote the other day and it, was, it said something like the the worst thing about being an artist is that, you know, you feel everything so deeply. Like it's mm, just that's like true. so everything just like crushes me. I feel like. But then most of the time, I constantly even when I say that I laugh because I know it's just going yeah plan. like it's I'm 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 so. Full of life all the time mm-hmm. And I hate ever feeling down But I also think that that's come from Like I said, me, my dad passing I was going to say that Yeah, I always have to be the strong one I felt like from a young age I was the strong one And mm. like, you know, now even my family They're so proud of me And they're just like, oh my God She's doing amazing And my mum tells all her friends And and I just never want to feel like weak And also for the messages I get from young people I do feel like I've I've got a Not a facade But like a I've just got to have to show people that you know I am strong and I'm this yes. and I'm that and I, I just never want to really feel that weak. But in the music is where you really hear me being my most, you know, raw self. Yeah, my yeah. most raw and vulnerable and yeah, and all that stuff. Like yeah. Do sure. you
0: think going back to your dad, there is this kind of push to um live your best life because life is fleeting? Yeah, I do, and I also
1: weirdly feel like he's living through me as well uh-huh. like in a weird sense like everyone says like we look exactly the same mm. like people i've never even met before i've been out on a night out in liverpool and like one of the doormen have been like are you Is that your, your dad? dad and oh i'm like yeah and he's like oh my god you look just like i'm like you've got the same mouth." Oh, or, like that's lovely yeah and it's like it's so cool that and i, I do yeah, like i said i sometimes sit there and i have a little talk to him just like say so a few words, I'll be like, yeah, if it's good up there. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I do. I feel like you know, you never know what's going to happen, so mm. you've just got to you've got to go for it.
0: And was he into music and football? He wasn't
1: into he wasn't into music. He was into football. But um, me and mom said he had a good voice actually. Okay. Yeah, she said he could sing because my mom can not sing at all. <laughs> and I, everyone's like, really? where'd you get it from? And I
0: don't know. But my mom said he could sing. He could hold a tune. So nice. I guess it was fun. There you go. And I'd love to go back to you being 16 and, you know, you starting to write songs. What else? You know, how did you get your first break? You said you sort of had people sort of help you out. Yeah. Word of mouth. You know what? It's the weirdest story. Like, for me to first get
1: into the industry, it was from an ex-Liverpool footballer.
0: No way. Yeah, so we
1: hauled on a 360. That's uh, okay. It was, um... <clears throat> I was in a house party with my left back at Liverpool, Shanice Williams and all the squad were there and we heard a advert on the radio saying Ryan Babbel, the Liverpool footballer, is doing a competition in the city. He wants to find it was like X Factor basically, but it was called like Next Urban Star or something. And by this point I'd only just learned like three chords on a piano. Um and she put me in for it so she, 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 was, didn't, tell she you. didn't tell me oh, I that I missed the first round I got a message wow. on MySpace <laughs> from Ryan Babel, and I was like what and he was like hey listen we've heard the you, uh, demo you've sang you've missed the first round but we want to put you through to the next round just come down and I was like who's done this and Shanice was like we put you in for it as a team oh and my I was God, like no like, so way yeah, so I turned up there and everyone else was singing like it's not unusual to me and then someone else would be like thriller and i was like uh hello everyone i'm gonna sing my own song and i wrote a song called mannequin and the lyric was um i could be as fake as a mannequin don't try to dress me up just to try to fit in some kind of centerfold no that's not me i'm not a typical girl on tv and i wrote this on piano and i played the three chords and no I sang my own song and I ended up winning the show. Amazing. And yeah, it was absolutely mad. Like, you know, I got to hang out with Ryan, he has a massive recording studio in his house with like the best engineers. And then I get to work with those guys and they bring songwriters in. And it was my first taste of knowing what even like a back and vocal was. Right. I, like, yeah and textures I and I didn't know you had to like if you do a chorus you have to do like five takes and you put it all together so it's louder than the rest. and oh, I was you know like that? wow yeah and it's like there's so many tricks in there and and uh yeah that I'd done that for like six months I had a six month mentorship with him and I got to go to the game with his wife so I was living the dream, the dream. I was going to the matches with this family and then I'd go and the studio and oh, the army it was just amazing and then he got sold so the dream quickly <laughs> collapsed <laughs> then he got sold um, and he went to germany um so then i'd made a bit of a splash then that the newspapers knew i was in liverpool and, and the radio people knew me and uh from from winning that my uncle's best friend barry come down to watch me and he went i've got to take you to meet someone um, Martin O'Shea was my first manager, and he managed Tom Kitten. So he was the only guy in Liverpool. That's amazing. I went the next day, and I said, "I've just won this show. I get to make. I need a manager." And he said, "Go on, then sing for me." So I sang in his office, stood up with my bag still on, <laughs> oh and God. sang. And he gave me. A, he said, "Okay, let's try it for a year. Let's see how we get on." And by the end of that year, I was signing my first record deal
0: that's incredible and and all this time you are just like do you know what I'm just going to give 100% and then no nerve nothing I mean how old were you then? 18 18 that's incredible yeah. you just took it as it goes
1: you like okay well, right. seventeen. I was 16 and a half 17 when I finished with Ryan Right. so I won the competition at 16 when I was 10 and 17 and then 17 to 18 I was making the whole like yeah. just did the studio and then at 18 I
0: signed a deal that's yeah. incredible. And did you at any point sort of want to pinch yourself or? Uh, I feel like it come too early for me. I always right. say that. Okay, that's interesting. Why is Yeah, that? it was
1: too early because I didn't even know myself. I hadn't been in love. Yeah. I hadn't I'd been heartbroken. I was. I think people were like buzzing that I was obviously like maybe talented that I was the only one there really st- stood on stage and sang my own song I wrote. Mm. So that definitely gave me added points. But I didn't really know how to sing that well either, like now I know like the texture of my voice and Mm. because I've been behind the glass as a songwriter now, when I tell someone just do that 10% more uh, rustic or do it like give it 15% more energy but then reel back at the end Mm. so now I can listen and know how I want it so when I get in the booth I know myself the little, just little things Mm -hmm. that make stuff 10 times better. And um, back then I didn't know anything and I'd just be like, ah, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like one level. But I'd never been, you know, I'd yeah, never been course. coached, I'd never been anything. So, so to even get to that point was amazing. Yeah. Um, Did you teach
0: quite a lot to yourself?
1: Because yeah, everything. I never, yeah. I mean, I, I've still not. Well, I, I done vocal coaching like last year when I was doing right. a few gigs because my voice kept breaking because like it's you know, it's i have never never been trained. I never no. warm up. I never do anything. I was just doing it like full blast so yeah, me, me label were like, maybe go and see this <laughs> Chris, trying to save yourself okay. a bit of um, a bit of strain so yeah, and, and the things I learned from her Mary Hammond, she's um, Chris Martin's. And Adele, was vocal coach. So um, yeah. I was in very good hands. Yeah, very good yeah. hands. I was like, hello, I'm ready out of here!" She was <laughs> like, "Oh my God, who'd be giving me?" <laughs> I can never. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's it's just, yeah, that was definitely too early for me. But it was amazing. You know, I got to make an album that I didn't really like because at that time, because I played piano, they were like, "We're gonna make you into the UK Alicia Keys." I see. And I was like, oh, uh, "Well, am I? I'm not sure." And, anyway, I didn't release a song on that label. It was with Sony the first time.
0: Mm.
1: And I got loads of money to, because I didn't release an album, they have a buyout clause, so I opted for that. And I was, like, what, 19? I got, like, a lot of money. And I lived on that for, like, two and a half years, travelling, experiencing, falling in love, oh falling out of love. Oh, God, that's amazing. Making terrible mistakes, making some of the best memories in my life. And I got down to me last, like, 10 grand in my bank, and I was, like, shit, what am I going <laughs> to do now? Nobody wanted to know me because I'd just been signed and nothing happened. I, I wasn't a songwriter then, so I had no cuts. I was just this 20, 21-year-old going, please, someone, give me another chance and money. And everyone was like, uh, why are we going to do that? And then this one guy, who's now still my publisher, Pete McCamley, he signed Craig David, The Spice Girls, mm. like everything. My old manager, Martin, was, st- was still with me then. He said, come and meet this guy, Pete. Um, I remember that. That's a whole other story. Like, my train was late and everything. We got 10 minutes together. He asked me, like, two questions. I answered, and then he went, okay, I've got to go. And I was like, oh, my God, that was me chance. It's over. And uh, he called the next day and said, I'm going to sign you. I've listened to 200 of your songs, your demos. Wow. And he was like, I'm going to give you the deal.
0: So that was the beginning of my songwriting journey. Mm. But going back to your two years travelling, because you decided to go there, like, did anyone say, do you know what, you should stick at it because it's a really difficult industry or... Yeah, no,
1: I was still, I was still making music, but I was just like making music with my friends, I just like hired a guitar and I don't know, I went to like Miami, I went to like, where did I go, I'd go to Amsterdam like every other weekend and just like smoke weed with my mates (laughs) and just party a bit, like I never really done that because... I'd been a footballer for so long, I never really lived. You've not been a teenager, really? Yeah, no, no. yeah. and I used to go out with people and drink, or like, yeah. you know, when I speak to like people now, they'll be like, oh yeah, when we were 16, we were like, party, you and know, we were going to clubs, and I was like, really? Like, I didn't ever went
0: to a club till was like, 19. Yeah, you were um, quite serious, quite Yeah, I was
1: always serious, so I'd just done my, like, teenage years then, a bit later on, yeah. um,
0: but it was amazing. That's great. And then, so you got your break, your second break, right? right? And can you tell me what it was like doing songwriting for some very famous people? Yeah, it was, uh, again, a
1: bit of a, you know, stars align a moment. Um, we first, no one, again, like no producers would really want to work with you because in Songwriter World, it's all about what you've done. So right. So you can't really go to the biggest producer and say, oh, I want to write with you because he's like, well, I've just had 10 number ones this year. I only work with people who have the same guy like, caliber, yeah. which is like fair enough. But there was one producer team called Cufffather, the um uh, from Copenhagen, Danish. And they used to write with a woman called Ina Ralston, who Peter, my publisher, had signed, again, very similar to me, 21. Moved her over from Scandinavia, put her in a house in London, and she went on to write, like, well, pretty much everything, but... Co Father was again the first team that gave her a chance. Mm. So Pete called him and said, Listen, I've got another one for you, give her a chance, she's good. He said, Okay And I it was like a big time. I went into the like biggest studio in London called Wendy Hulk's where like one direction were in there and I was like, Oh my god, I'm a real songwriter, like what is this? Um and they said, okay, what do you want to write? And I was like, I don't know. And they were like, okay, well, Kylie Minogue's looking for songs. We've got a good relationship with her. Do you want to have a go at that? <laughs> and I was like, I'm 21. I'm going to write a Kylie Minogue record. Like, I don't know. Like, Did you actually say that to them? Yeah, oh. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they said, well, we've got this track, have a go. And then, um, this is it's in totally Copenhagen. Incredible. Yeah, and, and it's called Million Miles Away. And mm-hmm. I wrote that song just because it was my first trip away from home as a songwriter. And the lyric is, I feel like I'm a million miles away. Like... I'm missing home mm-hmm. a bit or whatever, but then I turned it into a relationship so she could sing mm. it. And he sent it off that night, and the next day she replied saying, I love this song, but I want to cut it. And I was like, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this. Is, <laughs> I think I was mean, like, this is easy. So like, it happened really quick. And then, um, you know, on the album, it was like, it went to number one, so I had like a number one yeah. album. And it was like Pharrell and Sia and all these amazing people. And then it was like Chelsea Grimes. And I was like, oh my God.
0: It's incredible. Yeah. And
1: then obviously went on to do, um, I've done three songs on Dua Lipa's album, which she's, she's done all right, Yeah, she, she has. <laughs> I mean, she, she's not doing too bad. No, um, that's right. We're just writing an album two now. I've just been in the studio doing a few new songs for that. We've got one amazing record. I'm so excited about um, Yeah. And basically it's just, you know, for two years, two or three years, I just wrote with artists. and yeah.
0: And just, like, I, I bet that kind of sort of Liverpool way of life, just sort of being quite chilled yeah. is probably, like,
1: quite I think good. they feel at ease with me, yeah, because I don't come in with any expectations either. Mm. I just come in and I'm like, "Oh, you? Nice <laughs> to meet you. What's been going on in your life then? And and I'm so open that I Love feel me. like that opens them up more because there's nothing worse if you go into a session and they're just like, so what's going on with you? What's going on with you? And you ask them something and they go, oh, no, and I just, like, didn't do much last night or yeah I'm married and you give because then you're like well why am I telling you all my stuff so because <laughs> I'm such an open book I think it makes them the artists open ever so slightly a bit more
0: yeah I bet sort yeah. of and it's quite important to share this kind of personal stories because you have to get deep quite quickly right yeah. I can imagine literally
1: within like you know an hour you're talking about your ex ex boyfriend <laughs> and and what happened then, and then you now want, and are you going to stay with them, or you're not? And it's just like, I hope you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it must be like a therapy session it for both of you. It is, but yeah. then at the end of it, you have a song that potentially could make you loads of money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's a really good therapy with session. The Instead of paying them, you yeah. get paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that must have been quite... A fun creative process, but do you come out of it and just feel completely drained? Because if you're talking about such personal stories, yeah, it's draining.
1: you yeah. not gotten worse for me than when my friends I come home or whatever, or whoever I'm dating at the time, or something, yeah, and I say, Oh, I'm shattered, oh, you haven't got a proper job. <laughs> I'm like. You try and do what I've just done oh for God, eight hours. Oh, my God. Like, don't complain. I'm like,
0: it's draining. I bet. It is. It's crazy. Yeah, it's
1: draining. Yeah. But it's it's great. That-
0: well, I was going to ask you, what do you do for your downtime? Because actually, for any creative person, downtime is equally important because that's how you recharge your batteries yeah. and you can be creative again. My downtime is a lot of PlayStation. Nice. I love
1: PlayStation. I'm a, I'm a massive gamer. But also, to be honest... The only reason why I got back into football obviously yeah. I left football for many years. I got back into it two seasons ago just because that's my outlet now, you know. Mm. Not thinking about lyrics or if that song's being caught or how much that is and how much I have to pay twenty percent to someone else, mm. it's just worth the ball. Yeah, am I making this bend and run? Oh I'm offside. what are already talked about <laughs> and it just you know, I come off the pitch and I might be physically tired but mentally it's I'm part in the game. Yeah. And yeah. it's like
0: do you think it's quite meditative?
1: Oh. I don't know about that one. You haven't seen me play football. I'm a rascal on the pitch. Um, I definitely let out all of my right. Yeah, everything on there. It. It's I, I don't know. No, I can see that actually. No, it's not. It's
0: not <laughs> No for me. <laughs> it's, it's, not for me.
1: Um, yeah, but it's it's it de- definitely it definitely allows me to just recharge.
0: Yeah. yeah. And how do you plan the kind of so you went into somewhere? But how do you plan your years? Like, do you have kind of an idea? I always start with goals. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah, do you have like sort of goal setting? No, so? no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, we have to go there. But
1: yeah, I, I usually set set out a few goals for me. So you know, for this year, it was um, I want a top ten record with someone else. I want to be on tour for me personally, and I wanted to release three singles myself. So I'm on just about to release the second one. Um, looks like I could potentially have a top ten. Well, i I'd top uh, 10 album, um,
0: yeah, that's
1: right. which has been good, Dua Lipas went to top 10 there um, and that's been the most streamed female album of all time. Oh, I didn't
0: know that, yeah, that's incredible, it's like congratulations. Crazy.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. and I wanted to buy a house and I've just started looking for houses, so I think in like four or five months I'll hopefully be in a, in a house then. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that was my three goals for this year and just to enjoy myself a bit more. Right. Don't take everything so seriously. Yeah, I because last year I was very like I was in a weird position, I was changing management and I started getting a bit like, oh, mm. I need to start like knuckling down a bit more and, and really like plowing through and not having too
0: much fun. But then I didn't enjoy my year last year. Yeah. So Yeah, so this year is about enjoying yourself. And I love how you said those three goals but you're also doing the BBC <laughs> presenting for the <laughs> Women's World Cup. Yeah. How did that come about? That just come about because I had a I've got
1: a TV show with BBC Sport and uh, basically same kind of thing. And uh, I used to go in the session in a studio session, and all anyone wanted to talk to me about was football. They'd be like, "How oh, did you get on at the weekend?" Blah blah blah. And then when I go into football, all my teammates are just like, "What song have you write this weekend? <laughs> I was like, "I need to make a TV show about this." So I approached someone at the BBC, and they were like, "We love it." Um, so it's called Chelsea Away. And the first episode, I took Tom Grennan to a Wimbledon game and. We just got to hang out at a football match and talk to fans and bring musicians into that world of like non league football or mm. you know, lower league football, I should say. And then uh, the second episode was Young and the rapper who was on my record label, and we just went for a kick and I learnt about his background and music and where he come from, and it was just a great crossover. And then the BBC were like, Listen, we love your show, would you want to come and do your own piece? every time you know they play a match at half time or before the game you're going to be have your own segment and I was like sure why not I was like does that mean I get to go to the World Cup for free and they were like yeah but <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was like you yeah like, as long as I get free <laughs> tickets as long as I get tickets then yeah for sure so um, oh um yeah that's been honestly mad I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say stuff but like from the first week of me doing that I've had like okay I'm going to list some of the shows and then I can't say what it is but like you know, celebrity jungle, you know, or getting yeah. out of here, dancing on ice. Um, celebrity X Factor right. is the thing. I've had, like, offers from, like, all these huge TV shows already, and I'm like, that's insane. Yeah, it is insane, but it's great. Yeah, it's so... It's, like, so... I was not expecting to do this at all, but, like I said, it's a new model. I'm enjoying it. I'm some yeah. music. I'm playing football. I get to basically be on TV and talk about football, what I love. And also... They play my songs in the bed, so when I'm talking over them, my songs under this. So I'm making a good. bit of money there as well. The I'm emotion
0: like, is are, Yeah, it's really good. And do you think that sort of came about because you? Do you think it's important to be open to new things? Yeah, and bed? that's another. I'm gonna put
1: that on me list for next year because I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a Taurus, right? I'm very stubborn. I'm very black or white. Mm. Um, and I'm a scouser so put them two things together and it's not very easy to if I see one thing and I just I'm that way it's hard to get me out of the way I'm thinking and yeah this this year I've been more open to other prospects and opportunities and not really like shunned it away because I don't think it's right for me I've gone with it and it's been the best year I've
0: had yeah absolutely and I think um sort of thinking about not fitting into a box and I mean it's 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 kind of a, you know, you were saying earlier, it's kind of annoying because you don't know what that looks like, but at the same time, you can write your own rules, right? Exactly, and
1: that's what I need to keep telling myself every time I get a bit overwhelmed and a bit scared. Yeah. I need to just be like, well, this is actually a girl because you're in your own lane, not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that going back to being overwhelmed and you sort of touched a little bit on it, sort of you said last year was a bit difficult, is there sort of any specific... Sort of moment that happened where you would love to give advice to anyone listening to this, like
1: yeah, never date straight people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, but I love it.
1: That is my biggest advice. Right. Yeah, I had my first like heartbreak last year, like right. really big one, um and it was just really tough. Yeah, yeah. it was like. How know. did you cope with it? I just wrote a lot of songs about it. Right. Yeah, I wrote a lot of songs about it and the one thing that makes me feel good about stuff like that is obviously when i'm working like this and knowing that she won't be like watching and seeing exactly what i said i'd always do or yeah no to do um it's, it's a it's, nice little yeah it's nice like, it's nice and uh, yeah it's yeah that's that's kept me happy i'm like completely fine now and i'm like good yeah but like yeah that that was a tough yeah. Never go for a straight They used it? to pe- people used to tell me one day it's going to happen to you. You're going to get your heart broken. Oh, not me. out <laughs> and then it happened, and I was like, okay,
0: life. so this is oh, what it's like. Yeah. But, yeah but that's life, right? There's just ups yeah. and downs. And
1: I've read some songs. You know, I send every song I write to me publish it straight away as soon as it lands in my inbox. And he replied to this one song. It's called I Know How It Feels. And he said, you know that's probably one of the best songs you've ever wrote
0: and you would not have wrote that if that never happened yeah so when there's a big low there can also be a big uh, high can you tell me a bit more about that song what does it say yeah it's me basically
1: talking to all of my exes who maybe I've broke their heart right so the opening line is hey um, uh, something there's something I needed to say Um, blah 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 I should, have, I should have treated you better, I should have opened your letter, um, you needed a shoulder, but I was whatever. I know how it feels, 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 I know how it feels when you're with someone and you think you're done and it's something, something, when the pain is unreal, like, I know how it feels now. And it's just me saying, like, I'm so sorry for, yeah. for all the things that I've never done because, you know, not picking the phone up before when they're going off the head and calling and just mm. needing to hear you talk and say it's fine. Like that was me. Like I'd be like, why didn't she answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I'd be like, God, I remember. That's how they must have all, not all of them. There was like two maybe, but yeah, it was like, and it was a good reflective for me. And it's it's taught me a lot of things, and it's made me grow up a lot more. Mm. And you know, to know that like people can really hate you, yeah, and you can really hate other people, and so now I'm very careful.
0: Well, what's lovely is that you can use your music to say sorry and some yeah. to your exes. Yeah. So not many people get to have that ability. No, they usually just do it over like a voice note or something. <laughs> well, sometimes not, it's just or in their the head. head, yeah. yeah. But now you're with someone anyway, so you some...
1: Yeah, now I'm happy, I'm good. Yeah,
0: um, yeah it's a, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but... and how do you manage like this crazy schedule because you were saying you're like busy until end of December yeah Um, well it's you mean in a relationship yeah yeah I mean it's you know even
1: this week we've had loads of hours because she's like when I am like I don't know my schedule I swear to god like I I was supposed to be I was in Valenciennes I was in Rennes. I was in Paris then I went back to Uh, Grenoble, this place Then I flew here Then I'm back in Paris I'm like, I don't know the schedule Like if you want to just come off for like one day Then I'm working the full day And she doesn't enjoy it And then, uh, so she's just actually got a job in Paris next week So hopefully we can That's how you like schedule things It's like,
0: okay, we're both in the same city Woo! Yeah, and do you think you're going to pay attention to that because you said you know I, I can sense you're very good with yourself and making sure you have a bit of downtime or football you yep. know what I mean? you, are you going to give yourself that time to recharge after this and I mean I hope so I
1: hope so. I'm the <laughs> you're not really up. in charge of your own. I'm not really in charge it's because like I said because I'm being so open to things now I'm trying not to turn as many things away so I'm like but the schedule yes. gets filled a lot quicker um yeah I, like an hour ago I just got asked to go to Amsterdam for a writing camp on the 1st of July when I'm supposed to get back on the
0: 1st of July <laughs> so exactly. it might be a dog the case repack the case situation Yes, absolutely and um might be a good time I always like to sort of because I I'm aware that we have to end uh, our episode but I always ask about where do you see yourself next what would be your sort of ideal sort of place I know we talked about it next year and yeah I mean but in a few years time in a few years like
1: honestly I'm thinking about opening my own production company Um, in the next like two or three years because i found like amazing talent who aren't signed yet and I might just mm. do like small deals with them um, that's a potential thing to happen uh, once I get a bit more time in the bag but honestly I want to live in New York amazing yeah I always have I've had this dream ongoing for the past like three or four years where I'm like on the phone I'm like Thirty-eight, thirty-nine. <laughs> so for a good like ten years, twelve years. I'm on the phone and I've got like my kid in my hand, or oh. whatever. And I'm walking through, just being like, "Is that being done? When? What date the release?" And I'm like, more of a business, nice person, like in charge of like other songwriters, yeah,
0: business. So that's a nice image. Yeah, it's, it's good. What it's, it's what you said it up. first <laughs> in this podcast, and that was going to happen. Yeah, let's let's say it. Listen, anything you say yeah. can happen. So that I'm putting that out there. And do you think, um, in terms of women and football, and maybe also the music industry, is there any sort of wishes? Um, I just want a future. You know, everyone who works as hard as people work, exactly
1: like the girls on on our TV now, who represent England. If you're putting in the same time and hours and effort and blood, sweat and tears, you should it should just be equal on mm. everywhere. And if not more, like if the women are better than some players, then flip it off, and maybe pay them more. Yeah, I don't know. You know true. The women's USA women's team, they make more money than the US men's team. That's great, I didn't know that. They made That's more great. I think they made like fifty million and the men made like forty eight million in profit and they're still not on equal pay. How does that work? Yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. hopefully
0: hopefully that. Um, that's kind of your wish. Yeah. And is there any sort of parting advice that you would like to give to any sort of young aspiring footballers, women, female footballers or female musicians? I'd just say dream as
1: big as possible. Don't box yourself in. Mm. I know that's been the word of our podcast. the Yeah, month, that's right. But don't don't box yourself in. There's going to be loads and loads and loads of loads loads of them but you've just got to keep remembering Liverpool Champions League final (laughs) 3-0 down if you've never seen that before go and watch it it and
0: yeah live by that rule
1: that's what I do oh
0: my god I love that thank you so much for giving a really good piece of advice but also I want to thank you because you've always been quite honest throughout this whole conversation and I think it's so important because that's how we can all learn from each other it's just you know, the highs and the lows and the mids, etc. I've loved it. Thank you so much. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Way Up. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please look out for more empowering interviews in the weeks to come. Now, I have a couple of special favors to ask. Firstly, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. It really helps generate exposure for the podcast and allows a wider audience to get access to these really important topics. Secondly, if you know of anyone else that would enjoy this show and benefits from the topics I cover, then do please share the podcast. Um, By sharing this, With just a couple of people, it will just help spread the good message and hopefully support the women this podcast was designed to reach. Finally, if you can follow This Way Up podcast, or One Word, on Instagram, you'll get notified of future episodes. And the idea is that together we can build a powerful community and hopefully start to change the creative industry. That's it from me. Until next time.